Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck. Brace yourself because the metaverse is coming. Reality is not good enough, and we need reality 2.0. This week, I chat with Jennifer Laster of Boise's own virtual reality company, 360 Immersive. It turns out that VR is for more than video games. Want to get a feel what it's like to fall several stories after a harness failure on a construction site? VR can do that. Do you want to know how it might feel to have a mental illness that causes paranoid voices to comment on your surroundings? VR can do that too. Jen goes into lots of surprising uses for VR and tells us what the future could hold. Enjoy our conversation. Thanks for coming in, Jen. I appreciate you making the time to talk to us about virtual reality. There's no place I'd rather be than with you right now. Awesome. This is presented virtually as well. (laughs) If you just close your eyes... It's exactly the same as a virtual reality. It's exactly where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a conversation at a media meetup recently, and you were telling me about your company, 360 Immersive, and what you all do using VR, because as a layperson, I'm familiar with video games. Mm -hmm. However, you are creating learning experiences for people that are impossible to emulate in real life, as in... You're putting people in dangerous scenarios yeah, and letting them experience that, that that makes these safety trainings not so boring. Boring. Yes, absolutely. You want me to tell you about it? Yes, please. <laughs> so I love to think of what we do is a mashup between games and education, right? So entertainment and training and education. So when we talk about how boring today's safety training is, you know, we have this captive audience of learners, whether they're in a, um, let's say, a trade school, they're in junior college, they're um, coming out of the trades, military, it doesn't matter. But we have this captive audience of professionals that are have to be safety trained for their specific job requirements, right? It's an OSHA requirement. Yeah. Every state's a little bit different, but Idaho, yes, we follow OSHA guidelines and regulations. So you have this captive audience, and traditionally, it's a check the box that, hey, we took our comp- we're competent now. We've, we've had our 10 hours of training. We get a little card that says we're certified, but that doesn't mean that any of the knowledge has transferred and that anybody can actually take that and make sure that they understand what they've learned and can apply it on the job. And so what we're able to do is we're able to recreate those training scenarios and think about the things that are difficult potentially for an instructor to train on or somebody who may not be totally competent in a specific task to begin with or um, a a safety-related learning objective. So what we're able to do is we're able to replicate that training and education in an e-learning environment and then put people in these virtual reality simulations so that they can, number one, practice hazard identification and situational awareness. So kind of the foundational elements of personal safety. Mm -hmm. And then they can also be put into potentially hazardous situations um, where it could be you make the wrong choice and there's a repercussion, a trench caving in on you, you falling off of a scaffold, um, being run over by a piece of heavy equipment. And so what it does is it gives the viewer and the learner something to think about of, 
okay, I don't want that to happen. What do I need to be doing in my own workplace and on the job to make sure that these kinds of things don't happen? So you actually really can create some very anxious uh, scenarios and test people to see how they respond. Can they apply what they learned and make the right decisions? And so it's it's actually really... It's really exciting. So you have them fall off the scaffolding in sure. virtual reality several times, and then you present them with the real scaffolding, and then they don't fall. <laughs> That's when they the have to intention. Get to, yeah. You know, it's it's certain things. You know, you didn't check your harness properly, and because you didn't see that there was a rip or a tear in one of the straps, yeah, you thought it was good to go, so you go step out, and you wind up falling, and you're not secured. So there's just lots of potential for... And people react strongly to virtual reality. (laughs) I've seen some of the reactions because when you do your simulations, when you record them, you record a picture-in-picture of the person going through the experience. And when they fall or when they see someone fall, they jump. They move. They experience it. And you've had people injure themselves Going through some of these trainings. Yeah, I mean, if you if you walk off of something that's 10 stories tall um, and you're experiencing that, your body is like, what is happening? Your mind and your body are trying to figure out what's happening. And I've seen people hit the deck, uh, fall on a knee, uh, split their pants open, get a little bloody knee. I mean, people fall out of all kinds of chairs and... Yeah, fall over, lose their balance. I mean, it's very, very common. It's It very much tricks the brain. So yeah. do you have a VR safety training for VR? That's, mean, in v, that's in VR for VR safety <laughs> training. <laughs> what not to do in VR. No, but that's a good thing, Chuck. I'm going to put that on my to-do good. list of next content to create. Very meta. Brilliant. Very meta. Speaking, Very meta. Speaking of which, meta is the new Facebook company. <laughs> And they're, like, very heavily involved in VR all of a sudden. That was just this – was that this week where Zuckerberg was talking all about turning Facebook into a virtual reality I think it came out exactly a week ago. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm really excited. They own Oculus. They have all of these um, social media platforms. They're trying to distance themselves a little bit. But what it does for the technology of virtual and augmented reality is it – He's very much stepping forward and saying, we run this. We own this space. And there's good things that go with that. And there's obviously challenging things. Uh, We can talk about those as well. But what it does is it makes a commitment that virtual reality is not – it's not just hype. It's here to stay. It's going to continue to evolve out of gaming and even more so. I mean, it was natural seven years ago. I said, this is going to change the way that we communicate. This is The technology is going to change the way that we educate, that we share experiences and bridge division. Honestly, you could see it clear as day even when we started picking and playing with it seven years ago. So you've been doing it for seven years, but yeah. these virtual reality trainings have quite the background. Yes, oh my gosh. in the military. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Aviation, military, medical. I mean, since the 1960s, um, VR has been around. It just hasn't been affordable. So hence, it hasn't been scalable. And it's still not necessarily super affordable. If you, you stop wanna, it. If you want a high-end VR headset for an individual, right? I mean. So... I'm, this is not a plug Facebook, a.k.a. Meta uh, podcast, mm-hmm. but here's what I will say. 
the manufacturers of existing VR hardware have gotten to a point where it's now to 300 400 bucks. Oh, wow. An all-in-one mobile system. Now, the higher-end gaming systems, yes, you've got to have a higher-end gaming laptop, desktop, and a tethered headset. Uh, but these mobile headsets, you, you don't have to be goofy anymore and pair your phone to it. Oh, okay. I mean, they're really slick. They're all-in-one. Uh, you can walk around town with them and look cool. Please don't do that. <laughs> okay. That is not safe. I would right. not recommend that. That's good. <laughs> You'll have to do a training video about that. Don't yeah. wear your don't wear your VR headset outside of the padded room. Yeah, don't be that guy. Don't do that. Please don't do that. So it is they are okay now on the low end of things. They are. Yeah, and they're okay. still really cool. high they're higher quality and they're just going to get better and the cost is going to continue to go down. So that's the other thing that's exciting is the commitment of all these other manufacturers and to see Meta stand up and say, hey, we're basically going to dominate in this space right now. Come on, big tech. Who's going to chase after me? Who's going to get in on this? It forces the other tech giants to pay attention to what's going on and really step in. I mean, for the most part, Apple's been really, really quiet. They have a ton of patents out there for AR, but they've been relatively quiet. There's some things that have been leaked, and, and so we're excited there. Microsoft's in the game. HTC's in the game. I mean, it's exciting to see where this is all going to go. And if Meta is going to take over the new um, internet of the future, which is immersive, um, it it forces all the other big t- giants to say, "Hey, we we can't we can't have a monopoly out here, here, yeah. right? Like, there's too much at stake, and it's going to take a lot of people's." Um, let's just say this: they when he stepped up and said that a week ago. And today is November 3rd, so do the math backwards. Yeah. But um, my point is, is when he stood up and said, this is who we are, we're rebranding. Yes, there's issues um, that have come up about Facebook. And so some of it might be a little bit of a distraction, but he didn't oh, yeah. just pull that out of his hip pocket and be like, we're going to rebrand today. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has been in the works, right? And this is exciting for software developers and hardware developers for what it's worth for the technology adoption. I'm Sorry. I'm excited about it as well uh, for a couple of different reasons. I mean, one, I don't know that the uh, monopolizing the avenue is probably the direction that they're going to go because it will create new opportunities for content creators, Absolutely. Um, which I got a tour for, of your facility from David, mm-hmm. and he was showing me the 360 degree, or I didn't even, it's spherical cameras. Yeah, 360 cameras. They're, yeah. they're amazing yeah. um, so how those cheap. work. Yeah. And uh, to be able to create those environments and then have people experience that, that's going to be an interesting way to to consume media absolutely and create stuff uh yeah. for those content creators like myself mm-hmm. out there and not in that realm yet but you know it's a new possibility sure. the other thing that i think is really cool is uh and you have even talked about this to me before off air the empathy mm-hmm. factor mm-hmm. and teaching people because right now we're kind of i feel like we're at this crossroads here in the united states where there's not a lot of empathy going on for the other side, whatever it might be. You know, specifically, I'm talking about the intensity of the sports fans out there. Absolutely, that's, that's that's what I'm referring to. But let's say you got like you know a Yankees fan that needs to experience <gasps> the the Red Sox. Um, you stop that too right now. <laughs> I am a Yankees fan. Easy, easy. They need to know what it's like to be in Boston and 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 know that it's okay to root for the the Red Sox, but. 
you uh, are working on those types of programs or you have created them for social workers, yes, to understand yeah. uh, what it's like to be going through mental illness. Yeah, it's so we created some initial training content. And this was probably about almost three or four years ago. We were really excited about using the technology for public facing people, right? Mm -hmm. So social workers, law enforcement, people who are in any type of hospital scenario where they're dealing with the general public. And so we created this really, and it still to date is one of the most profound training scenarios that we have created because we were using 360 cameras. So that means we were using live you know, real people in real environments. And what we were able to do was to capture the essence of what it's like as a law enforcement agent or a um, social worker doing a um, home um, like check-in with somebody to make sure that they're okay. And the word of exactly what that's called is escaping me right now. Um, but the idea is, is somebody calls and says, hey, I want you to go do a health and welfare check. That mm. was what I was looking for. Um, so it's capturing the story of someone suffering from schizophrenia. We had a real actor do this. It was amazing. The, the voices. So, so with 360 video cameras, you can not only capture and overlay what somebody suffering from schizophrenia might be suffering from, like they see maybe insects or objects that aren't really there. Um, they will hear multiple voices talking to them, some positive, some negative. Um, and, it, and, it, and it can be enough that it the, when you add in the visual effects of maybe blurred color color distortion images that they see, and then you bring in the audio component, I mean, it is a full on like how do how do people who are suffering from these um, disorders how can they function? Mm -hmm. And then you and then you bring in a, a, a law enforcement agent that's like, hey, I'm just here to help out, but their voices are telling them he's not real. He's here to hurt you. Defend yourself. Yeah. Right. Then you then you can see from the perspective of the person who's suffering. So you can empathize with all of that, that all that stimulation that's taking place that the average person you know, that doesn't suffer, doesn't have any awareness of. And then you can see it from a third person perspective of how that exchange is taking place before between a law enforcement agent or a social worker and the person suffering. And you can see how things can escalate very quickly just by not being able to understand what that person who's suffering is going through. Because if even if you had a glimpse, I wonder if this person's hearing voices right now. Okay, I've just determined that they are not on their medication. They've acknowledged that. I see an empty pill bottle on the table, right? So now I have some facts and I can start to maybe have a different course of action instead of letting something escalate. Yeah. And so you can show how things can go wrong and it escalates into potentially somebody being arrested or somebody being handcuffed that shouldn't have been. And then you can also show it how it's done expert role modeling wise. And so the training is just really, really impactful all around. And that is one of the pieces that I'm the most proud of because it, it, it's very touching. And if you don't know anybody who's suffering from schizophrenia and you experience a, a simulation like that, even without a VR headset, it, it changes your perspective and it will stay with you. And that's another thing about VR is that impact 
whether it's a catastrophic fake uh, trench collapse in on you or you're encountering something that you've never experienced before, mm -hmm. that lingers with you. It lingers with you and it that's muscle memory right there. You're developing muscle memory right there. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. Yeah, I was a exciting. social worker for about seven years. Thank you. And it was uh, quite eye-opening when you first get in because you want to help people, obviously, mm -hmm. is is the idea. But the reality of that and then the training that you get at the beginning is is kind of worthless. Maybe a little textbook. Yeah, you get yeah, and you do the role playing things, yeah. and and most of the training that I received was how to deescalate and then how to defend yourself yeah. from an attack and put on the least harmful restraint on an individual. Right, and so that was the training that we got, and the only muscle memory that you gain as an individual is how to grab someone and put them in a hold so that you don't get hurt mm -hmm. and they don't get hurt as easily. And that's the actual skill set mm -hmm. that you learn because that's what you are able to practice, yeah. period, yeah. until you get out there and you run into the kid, uh, which I work with kids, you know, mm -hmm. adults, similar situation, I would imagine. But when, you know, those, those kids were escalated, um, you can follow the training that you learn, but it's hard to do that when you have your adrenaline oh, kicking yeah, up. For sure. And then the muscle memory takes over when they do try to hit you or whatever. Right. But that other training to avoid that escalation, to me, was more valuable. And I didn't learn that until I had been on the job for well over a year. Good point. You know, it's just in the meantime, I had been bitten and kicked and scratched and no black eyes, thankfully. They didn't, mm. uh, they didn't, I did break a couple of pairs of glasses, but they, I was able to get my head out of there in time. No so that kidding. was, that was nice. Um, but yeah, that's. It's very valuable, I think, that that is going to be more readily available to the general population now. I mean, there's a specific concrete way that it can help out in the margins of society, but it'll be exciting to see how that all starts to to move in towards the center, the mean, uh, the, mm -hmm. as in the average mm -hmm. citizen. Mm -hmm. Because once we can start to see those marginalized individuals and how they perceive the world, mm -hmm. maybe then we can... Look at the Red Sox fan, or you know what I you, mean. Well, I don't know about that one, uh, but here's what I will say: I've always seen virtual reality as a as one of the only tools that's available today that will help you develop empathy. Unless you experience something yourself, there's no other really great way to develop empathy. True Correct. empathy for another person. And I've always thought that VR and this technology will be that bridge that finally brings us together from an understanding, from a cultural perspective, from, I mean, you, you just look from a socioeconomic perspective. Yeah. When you can walk in someone else's shoes and you can bring that s situation and let somebody experience that in their own time, in their own safe way, you will start to bridge those communication gaps, those cultural barriers, and you'll start to break them down. And I think that is the one thing about this technology that has me the most passionate, that and saving lives using the technology. I mean, those are that's why I do exactly what I do. 
That's why we're all in. Like I said, I'm betting on black. I'm all in on the technology to, to save lives and to help people be better human beings. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is being trained so that they can advocate for themselves they can then advocate for their families and they can then advocate for their communities. And so giving people different opportunities and channels to consume information and consume knowledge and then be able to allow that to resonate for them regardless of their learning style. So I'm dyslexic. Oh, okay. The first time I put on VR, I was like, this is going to revolutionize somebody like me who's totally visual. Yeah. Like, don't give me a book to read. I'll read it and I won't remember 99% of what it was until I get to apply it or I actually see somebody do it and then I can start to put things together. It's the exact same thing. And when I, like I said, the first time I saw VR was like, this is going to revolutionize how people learn. Anybody who has a a mild learning disability to a a, a more massive learning disability, this is just going to give them another tool in their tool belt to try to educate themselves. And I think that's what's really exciting about the technology. Another thing. There's a lot of things that are exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's we're on the, the beginning of the, that, that bell curve, that exponential increase, I, I feel mm-hmm. like. You know, the internet, I remember playing Doom uh, against mm-hmm. my neighbor on a dial-up modem in probably like the mid-90s, I'm guessing. Was that about right? Maybe, maybe late mid-90s. And I would then, say. Yeah, and then five years later... There was high speed internet, yeah, in a majority of the the neighborhood, yeah, and it was it was like, you know, in a blink of an eye, pretty much, Man, one pe- presidential cycle, totally, it totally turned on its head, and yeah. it was it was those video gamers who are out there now driving the the technology forward because they don't want to have any lag when they're when they're in those virtual reality experiences. It is really fun to watch how the gaming industry leads the VR industry. And it really does. The VR industry and, and software development, you know, it's it's picking up what the gaming in industry is doing. Um, and, and, you know, the gaming industry has these multi-million dollar budgets. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. We've got our folks that are in their basement or whatever mm. uh, building video games, and they're just as good. Uh, they can be just as fun. I'm... I'm we have a lot of people on our team that do that on the side. Um, so I, I don't knock that. But it's interesting to see how far, I would say the VR industry itself might be, you know, six, eight, nine months behind or maybe a little bit more, uh, vi- the video game industry. But mm-hmm. think of the think of what these video games look like right now. I mean, yeah. it's hard to tell in some instances you can still tell that it's computer generated. All right, we're not there yet, but we're not very far off. It still looks like a Marvel movie, I would say. Yeah, I mean I mean we're not end. we're not very far off. Mm. You know, Zuckerberg might say, you know, we're 5 to 10 years before we have this whole immersive these immersive worlds that we play in. I might challenge that it's going to be sooner than that. Hopefully before the next pandemic, because that would have made time fly a lot more oh quickly. Oh my gosh! Please God, because okay. <laughs> yeah. that was that was awful. That was awesome. So you have some examples on your website that people can check out. Is that correct? Do you? We do. So okay. thanks for asking about that. I don't usually try to, or, or I don't usually stand out and and, and plug the company. Um, but what we are doing is different. We have uh, a product called My Virtual Safety Trainer. 
And what that is, is it's an affordable entry point for individuals or for small and medium-sized businesses Mm -hmm. because they're typically underserved in the safety market. And what I mean by that is they don't have a dedicated safety resource or maybe it's somebody in HR that's like, hey, you need to go train these people because we got to check the box that says that they had ladder safety training. Now, here's your PowerPoint slides and go get them, you know? Sign this paper so that you know where to go if the fire alarm goes off. Totally. And tell everybody I told you where it is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we created my virtual safety trainer for general industry and construction because what we want to do is we want to empower mm-hmm. everyone from the individual to the small business owners to the people who are the safety trainers or the HR people yeah. that they have a body, a basic foundational knowledge of safety that will cover the compliance of the organization. And then what our company is doing is is we're creating that in e-learning, and then we are adding in simulations. And we'll build out our library over time, but it's like six bucks a person per month. Oh. And so we're making it as affordable as we can, and we will continue to build out the library of scenarios, of different hazard consequences and things like that. But I think what makes it really exciting is, is VR is kind of the cherry on top. Right now, we just have to get individuals and small and medium-sized businesses access to consistent training that covers down on the basics, and then we can build that towards that safety culture Mm -hmm. by developing more scenarios and simulations that cover visual literacy, so understanding what hazards we see, and then the mindfulness component, which those are two great use cases for VR, so... We're exciting. So access to that is on our website, um, shop360immersive.com, if you want to check it out. It's like you can get like a free seven-day trial. So check it out. See what you think. Cheaper um, than a lawsuit if somebody gets injured. On I know. That's right. If you're looking at just the monetary thing, because obviously you don't want anyone to get hurt on your job site. But yeah, if that were to happen, you know, yeah. you want to avoid it and then, you know. If that were to happen, it'd be very expensive to have to pay those. Yeah. I mean, you're talking anywhere from 250000 to millions, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the severity. Uh, lost time. I mean, th- there's so many things that this can help mitigate risk. And again, it's to empower our employees and our team members to take safety into their own hands. Be accountable for your personal safety. Um, be responsible for it. And so... I think it's an exciting approach to safety training, and it ain't boring. You're not sitting there like, oh, my God, when is this going to end? I want to go do something else, or I need to go do something else. Any trainer or anybody out there that would have uh, an employee or a team member say, I want to do that again. I want to try that again. That's like music to their ears. Like, oh, what? What? Yeah. (laughs) Instead of, are we done yet? (laughs) Do I have to put my mouth on that dummy again? Oh, what? (laughs) What? First day training. I always love that one. Yeah, that's a a good one too, for sure. Right on. Well, thank you for taking the time to come out and chat about VR. This is really, really fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm I'm beyond excited for the technology and where it's going. Uh, I just... My biggest passion is that we use the technology for good to create more empowered individuals. And I'm so glad to be out uh, on the forefront with my team. And it's really exciting where it's all going. So cheers to that. 
Excellent. And hopefully the small businesses like yourself will be able to take down Mark Zuckerberg when he decides to use it <laughs> for evil at that crux. Well, we will hope that that there's enough intervention. And so we continue to use the technology for its intended purposes, which is to create better outcomes. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful too. All right. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Thank you for listening to Treasure Valley Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate it greatly. 